What's fascinating to me is when the culture doesn't change, even though the people have changed. So, you know, we find evidence that, you know, as I said, it's like a river where you just get almost total displacement of the community and the people who are contributing comments and content. And yet the posts and the commentary don't seem that different. And it's almost as if subreddits develop this kind of collective voice that newcomers mimic say, oh, okay, here's how people talk in this subreddit, here's what they say. And so maybe unconsciously, they kind of conform to that norm, and people understand that as they enter the community. I mean, I think all cultures change over time, that's sort of inevitable. But to me, it's been striking the fact that you can swap out almost every member of a subreddit, and yet its voice doesn't really change. That seems kind of remarkable to me. This is The Way Podcast. The militias needed to have a heads up that I was coming. I personally think they didn't, you know, like in chess. So that's how deep the addiction goes. I've been incarcerated most of my life. Having a conversation with Where they've been given no option, either join or die. Snipers, and it was a military. J. Cole came and hung out most of the choir session. I'm standing at the studio glass looking out into the studio. If you want to know more about The Way Podcast, go to podcasttheway.com. This is Bill with The Way Podcast on FM 91.7, WHOS Source at the top of the hour, and 90.3 WRIU South Kingston at the top of the hour. Today, we'll be talking about Reddit. Now, Reddit has 52 million Reddit user activity a day. The average person spends about 10 minutes on Reddit per visit. One in four adults, 25 to 29, use Reddit. There's 2.8 million subreddits, 130,000 active communities. So it's a very popular social media service for people that haven't heard. Personally, I live on Reddit. So I'm going to be talking about that with Dr. Elliot Panette. He is a researcher and professor at the University of Alabama who has just finished writing his book, Understanding Reddit. You wrote this book about Reddit. You actually posted, ask me anything on Reddit, how I found you, where people ask you questions and all that jazz. One of the questions I came across, you responded with the spiral of silence theory. What is that and how does it affect social media? Not even necessarily just Reddit. Yeah, this is a theory that's been you know, comes from communication studies that's been around for at least since the 70s, Uh, comes from Elizabeth Noel Newman, I believe. Um, And, you know, like so much, uh, so many theories in our field, it comes kind of in the wake of World War II and sort of propaganda leading up to World War II and, you know, a bunch of psychologists and sociologists trying to wrap their head around how so many people could go along with the Nazi party and kind of (laughs) March humanity off a cliff. So, you well, know, one of the, seeing how things have gone lately, yeah, that doesn't surprise me as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right I, here, here we go again. Yeah, but um, you know, I, I think scholars were trying to understand why so many kind of ordinary people would agree to or or capitulate to some power that was, you know, asking them to do something or to go along with something really horrible that they wouldn't have normally agreed to. Uh, So the spiral of silence talks about how people who hold a minority opinion 
uh, if they believe, if they look out in the world and they see signs that remind them that their opinion is in the minority, that they're surrounded by people who believe something other than what they believe, they will be less likely to publicly express their opinion. And the problem with that is it leads to this spiral where you know, even though there may be a lot of people actually holding this relatively unpopular opinion, no one will know that they hold that unpopular opinion. And as a consequence, people will be more afraid to express that opinion and it becomes less and less popular. So initially, the opinion isn't that unpopular, but people sort of believe it's less popular because they're not seeing people publicly express this. And you know, in the offline world, this might manifest itself in putting up a political sign in your yard or wearing a t-shirt to endorse some sort of opinion. You know, we're largely creatures who uh, don't want to, you know, really go against what the people around us believe. That's a hard thing to do. It can lead to kind of being alienated from your community, can lead to people sometimes being violent towards you. So we like to play nice with our neighbors and uh, you know, we don't really wanna speak up if we have a minority opinion. Now online, uh, I think it's you know, pretty easy and intuitive to see how this manifests itself. If we're in an online environment, be it a particular subreddit or on Twitter, uh, and we kind of get a sense of what the popular opinion is, we might be disinclined to express our opinion if it goes against you know, what the norm is uh, for fear that we might be shouted down or downvoted on Reddit. Um, and then of course that leads to a, a kind of homogenization of public opinion online that, uh, you know, there's kind of groupthink or hive mind that a lot of people have talked about, uh, not just on Reddit, but also uh, on Twitter. Forgot who I was talking with, but they, I remember somebody told me that because of like Reddit or just social media in general, especially Reddit because you have specific subreddits you can get into, but a lot more people are comfortable about things that they've been hiding because say you like to drink your water upside down or something like that's your weird thing. But if you have a subreddit dedicated to people drinking water upside down, you see, oh, wait, there's 50,000 people doing this too. I'm, it gives you that confidence and makes you like speak out about it and be more open about it. Right. And I'm glad you brought that up. So in some ways, Reddit and Twitter are similar to one another. You're online, you're using text, and you're expressing your opinion to millions of other people. But you know what you were talking about, sometimes people can be more comfortable and find other people who hold their somewhat obscure belief or behavior on Reddit, in part because Reddit is modular. You know, there are these different subreddits, these different sort of sub-communities that you can go to. And whereas you might be in the minority in kind of Twitter or, or on you know, some large open public forum, you might be able to find a smaller community in which your behavior or belief actually isn't in the minority. And there are people who believe something you know, that might be regarded as weird, but oh, you believe it too, or you dress a certain way or whatever it might be. So you can kind of find your people uh, on Reddit in a way that can be harder in some of those larger free-for-alls. Um, and then of course there's anonymity, uh, which is a double-edged sword, but you know, uh, Reddit and Twitter are anonymous or pseudonymous and you still have a reputation that trails you uh, after you comment and post for a while. Uh, but people can feel freer to arguably be who they really are uh, 
when what they say isn't tied to their legal name or their face or some kind of traceable aspect of their uh, offline identity. And can that be dangerous? You said with the uh, spiral of silence theory with like Nazis during World War II, if there's, I'm sure there's subreddits that are about like Nazism that can then grow because of this animosity and people saying, oh, there's other people with these same racist beliefs as me. Let me join and sort of grow, I guess. Yeah, it's maybe a cliche to say that these things are double-edged swords, but I think that's true. So with anonymity, uh, you know, it can license you to express who you really are and and be less inhibited. And, you know, that can be a good thing. But on the other hand, uh, it can lead to a kind of lack of accountability uh, and you can, um, you know, hurt other people uh, emotionally or mentally uh, without any negative repercussions, without being held accountable uh, for your actions. Um, and then again, the modularity of Reddit, being able to split off into these little groups can also be a bad thing because uh, you can get into these echo chambers where you're around other people who you know, make your antisocial belief seem acceptable or normal. Um, and you don't really have many dissenting voices. Um, you know, the way Reddit works with voting uh, kind of suppresses dissenting voices in, in some of these uh, communities. So, you know, it's easy to see how they can turn into uh, these communities that, you know, just foster a, a kind of uh, antisocial thinking about the world, which isn't to paint Reddit with too broad a brush. I mean, I think these communities are few and far between, and the majority of Reddit are kind of mundane or benign groups talking about whatever it is they're passionate about. Um, But the way the tool works uh, does facilitate that kind of behavior that I think a lot of social researchers and the general public are a bit concerned about. There's a general idea with Reddit. People will even comment in some posts like, oh, this is Reddit. You can't think like this or like that. Or somebody will get downvoted and they'll put an edit saying, I'll keep my downvotes. I don't care. <laughs> it's like it's a big war going on. <laughs> right, right. It's funny to see, you know, the comments that are, I'm going to get downvoted, but, and then yeah. they get upvoted and you can see their <laughs> comment. You say, well, why? you know, some people are downvoting you, but plenty of people are, are upvoting you. So, you know, it really depends on the subreddit to which you're posting. I mean, I think people often talk about Reddit as one big thing. Uh, but, you know, the fact of the matter is in certain subreddits, you can express a certain belief uh, that, you know, will get you upvotes and will get noticed. Uh, but in another subreddit, you know, the opposite would be true. So there are really, you know, many different little publics uh, with their own norms uh, and their own sets of beliefs. Um, and, you know, they're not infinitely varied. And I think there are still communities that feel alienated from most of the popular Uh, Reddit communities. So not everyone is able to kind of find a home that reflects their values on Reddit. But as the number of users increases, and as more and more people participate in that space, uh, it becomes possible for a larger number of people to kind of find a community that reflects their beliefs about the world on Reddit. And one thing that's kind of mentioned was the hive mind. And there's like this Reddit culture and One of the stats I have is one in four people, the ages 25 to 29, use Reddit. So it's definitely like a younger population. And then you'll see 
the last year the highest growing or you know reddit does that a yearly rewind sort of like oh you posted on these subreddits like i saw that one and it said oh one of the highest growing ones was the r slash anti-work so now it's this whole movement about people resisting work culture and so that has a bunch of community members it has this hive mind not hive mind but similar mindset and how can something like that affect the world around us like how does this social media impact the actual work world say yeah i I mean something you brought up is that not everyone is on reddit and, and then not everyone is expressing themselves on reddit i mean it's a minority of users who visit the site that actually comment or post um, so as you mentioned, it skews kind of young. And so part of that, you know, all these platforms, you know, have to start somewhere. And Reddit sort of started with, uh, you know, a lot of young male programmers, you know, trading tech news, essentially, uh, is where it starts around 2005. Um, but from there, you know, obviously more people are using the platform and it's diversified its user base to some extent. I mean, I think they're trying to have more communities for people outside the United States and Canada, um, you know, non-English speaking communities. Um, you know, there are more women uh, and, and female identified people than there used to be, but, you know, I think it still skews male. So that changes over time to some extent, but they are kind of stuck with the legacy of being associated with that young male tech savvy uh, English speaking uh, person. Uh, at the same time, there are these trends, right? So you know, whether it's Wall Street bets or anti-work or, you know, these things that kind of get very popular very quickly uh, and ostensibly draw in new users who maybe hear about it on Twitter. Uh, Maybe, you know, they hear about anti-work and they say, oh, what's this? And they weren't Redditors previously, but they go on there uh, possibly because of something, you know, that's happening in their life. (laughs) You know, maybe like many people, they uh, don't like their jobs or, uh, you know, have some sort of antipathy towards the capitalist system and kind of get drawn in or attracted to that conversation. Um, so these trends, you know, kind of come and go. And it's hard to know if anti-work will kind of stay at the top. I mean, usually something else will displace it as time goes on. Um, but you talked about the impact or the effect on culture. And that can be a tricky thing with Reddit and all kinds of social media. Um, I think mostly what these platforms do are make certain existing beliefs and behavior more visible than they were before. Uh, So there were probably plenty of people who hated their jobs and had problems with capitalism, uh, you know, before Reddit came into existence. And if Reddit, you know, were to drop off the face of the earth tomorrow, there would still be people who hold those beliefs. Um, but Reddit kind of congregates people who believe that in the same place uh, and then makes them highly visible. Um, so it can be tempting to fall into this trap and say that. Reddit is causing people to believe a certain thing or express a certain opinion uh, when, you know, certain facets of the world we live in, uh, you know, just the the stark economic inequality uh, that we see, you know, all over the world right now, that may be the root cause of people feeling a certain way. And then Reddit is just making that feeling more visible. Gotcha. When you say, uh, if reddit went completely down people would still have these same beliefs so seeing as there's all these different subreddits and active members on them what has your research told you about say the average person 
Well, you know, I think one thing I've found is that, you know, of the hundreds of millions of people who visit Reddit, comparatively few post on it uh, or, or even comment. So when you talk, want to talk about the average person who goes to Reddit, well, the average person is mostly consuming uh, content or they spend most of their time consuming content on Reddit. And, you know, the content can be posts. Uh, but it can also be comments. I mean, I enjoy just going in and reading through the comments, um, though I rarely chime in myself. So I think the average user is someone who spends most of their time using it as a kind of customized content feed, um, going in there and not necessarily participating, um, but you know, using it as a kind of amusement or distraction or a way to learn about the world um, or you can even feel a sense of social support without necessarily interacting with people. So I think the average user doesn't necessarily interact with anyone on Reddit. Um, but, you know, having said that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are regularly commenting or contributing to the discourse on Reddit. So it's become so large now. I mean, we are talking about hundreds of millions of people that it's hard to make generalizations about everyone who uses the platform. You know, I mean, there are a lot of people who just use it as a distraction while they're waiting around looking at their phone. But there are other people who are highly invested in particular small communities that give one another social support. Um, and there are other people who are using it to foment hatred. So uh, it's hard to generalize to the entire Reddit user base now that it's become so large. The way I see it is Reddit, you said hundreds of millions of people use it. I have a stat 52 million every single day use activities for like actually participate or just scroll through it each day. So seeing that many people, you could put your real name down if you want, or, but most people just use a fake one or an easy one or a funny one or whatever. And then they explore the subreddits and people will look at the news or dog and cat videos, or like, I'd see it as just this wicked platform to almost get data about, what people are like like not the average person per se i guess but like oh our stats say 55 percent of people on this reddit are leaning uh to the left party or 53 percent are angry about this topic during this part of the day or this many people love this kind of comedy like it's even like a gold mine for data in a way <laughs> yeah i'm glad you brought that up i mean i think you're not the only one who might use the word wicked you know there, there's something insidious about uh, the way that social media platforms, uh, you know, that are ostensibly free. I mean, right, you don't have to pay to use Reddit, uh, but the transaction that's happening here is that, you know, you go on there and, you know, they're essentially gathering data on your behaviors, your preferences, uh, all sorts of different things. Uh, and then they work with advertisers. And, and so you see ads in your feed um, and, you know, that has been, you know, Reddit isn't doing anything new. I mean, I, I think uh, social media for better or for worse, that was, you know, the way they were going to make money. That's the business model uh, for most of them. Um, you know, I think we've reached a point where a lot of consumers are having second thoughts about, you know, this uh, kind of way things work in this contract um, that maybe some users would be willing to pay um, if it meant not having a social media platform harvest their data. Um, you know, Reddit also makes money and keeps the platform running uh, by, 
you know, having these microtransactions allowing users mm -hmm. to guild one another's posts or comments. So, you know, there's another pathway to uh, being able to have this be a, a solvent company. And, you know, you might have heard that Reddit is uh, probably considering going public. And so that'll be another avenue for uh, keeping the company running is allowing, uh, you know, the general public to invest in the company. So, you know, th these massive companies need to, you know, keep the servers running somehow. Um, and I, I think sort of these splinter social media platforms, uh, some upstarts that, you know, in the wake of people's distrust and disgust with Twitter, you know, people have tried to start these new platforms. Well, you know, it, it costs money to keep servers running when you have tens of millions of people on your platform. So how are you going to do that? Where's the money going to come from? It's got to come from somewhere. But you know, I think, again, there is, you know, an increasing dislike of this harvesting data and giving it to advertisers model. Yeah, kind of necessary evil because I want to keep it free, but they got to make money to stay afloat. And some of what you mentioned, like Twitter, some people are angry with them or Facebook was really in the news with um, how I forgot the stat. I don't want to say a fake one, but there's a large percentage of the news spread throughout Facebook was fake and completely false. But personally, I found Reddit to be like, great. It's probably not perfect, I'm sure. But what have they like? What have they done right versus Facebook or Twitter? And I guess also what have they done wrong? Well, another platform that I, I would mention, this might be counterintuitive, to, but to think about is Wikipedia. And so Reddit and Wikipedia have these kind of distributed moderation uh, that, that are done by volunteers. And that's different than what Facebook and Twitter do, where they you know, have these in-house moderators who they pay and, and they moderate content. And, and again, you know, Facebook works on a totally different scale. It, it's just, you know, more than a billion users worldwide. It, it's just a much larger platform. But they and Twitter have struggled with how to moderate content. Um, you know, so that can be about harassment, but it can also be about misinformation and fake news, which is, you know, a, a problem that they're trying to deal with. Um, when you sort of distribute moderation across a, a large number of discrete communities, and you have these volunteers sort of like constantly keeping an eye on things. And you might also look at your average Redditor. Anyone who can upvote and downvote is in a way performing content moderation. So if a bunch of other users in a subreddit say, oh, this doesn't make any sense or, or this is fake or whatever it might be, you know, they downvote it. And, and so there's a system, a mechanism for, you know, having a bit of content that, you know, people identify as untrue and then uh, crowdsourcing, you know, getting it below a threshold of visibility. Um, and similarly on Wikipedia, which, you know, very counterintuitive. I remember when Wikipedia first came along, people thought this is going to be the worst mechanism for getting accurate information. And yet it seems to work. Um, so if you design a platform that kind of distributes the mechanism for uh, policing things like misinformation, it seems to work better than a kind of top-down in-house, uh, you know, we have to set one rule and apply it to everything on our platform. You know, I think Facebook and Twitter are really struggling with that. I told you before the show and probably half of my listeners come through Reddit because I just find I cover topics, I upload, I like to message the moderators and say, hey, is this okay? But I've 
gone through an array where some moderators are all happy, like, oh, please promote it. Please do it. But then uh, for r slash depression, I made an episode about seasonal affective disorder. I messaged the moderator like, hey, can I upload? I get a response like, don't you dare ever message me again. Who said you can privately message me? And I was banned. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of mod hate on Reddit, as I'm sure any Redditor will will know. Um, But, you know, there are many, many moderators on Reddit. And like any group of people, it's hard to make a blanket generalization about, you know, how they behave or what they believe. Um, I think there's a sort of received wisdom that power corrupts and that, you know, the, the job itself attracts a certain type of person who is uh, apt to, you know, wield their power uh, in a way that is unfair to most people. Um, but, you know, again, we're, we're talking about a large group of people here. And um, I, I know, you know, I was just talking with my research team about trying to do more research that includes moderators, you know, talking to moderators and, and kind of observing their policies. Um, I think some of the challenge of understanding moderators and what they do is that most of their work is invisible. Um, you just, you know, the average Redditor doesn't see uh, moderators taking down posts that are irrelevant, you know, that, that uh, you know, might not even be spam or malicious content, but just, you know, aren't relevant and kind of clog up the subreddit. Um, so these are tasks that make the subreddit appealing. And, 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 you know, without that kind of work, uh, you know, the subreddit might be clogged with spam or hostility or just might be less appealing. So it's kind of hard to see the everyday work that mods do. Um, having said that, you know, there are, I'm sure, many examples of a mod abusing their behavior or uh, something like that because they're appointed in a kind of ad hoc way. Um, you know, Reddit isn't really a democracy in the sense that the people who moderate these communities are typically not elected. Um, you know, it might be the person who thinks to create the subreddit in the first place, uh, you know, has it, and then other people sort of are drawn in or consult with that person and they're appointed moderators. So, you know, I think one advantage of Reddit is that if one particular subreddit has a bad mod or, or you know, it isn't working or you don't like it, well, there's another subreddit, you know, and, and often there are these splinter subreddits where someone doesn't like the way a particular subreddit is being moderated, moderated and they, you know, create a different one uh, that has its own cultures, its own norms. Um, it is, of course, hard to restart a subreddit from scratch. And, you know, there is a, an idea that if you're a legacy subreddit and you've been around for a very long time, it's going to be hard for people to just jump ship and move over to some new subreddit. So, you know, it's definitely not a perfect system, uh, although I wonder where the expectation for a perfect large community comes from. I mean, I think once you grow to a certain size, these kind of conflicts become almost inevitable. It's hard to find examples in the history of humanity of large groups peaceably, you know, getting along uh, without conflict or abuses of power. It's just a a hard thing to make work for very long. Yeah, and I've seen that happen. One of the uh, famous examples or funny ones was may have been the most popular or one of the most popular subreddits. But today, if you go to r slash world news. At this point in the show, you hear me say world news. I actually meant to say world politics. That was a mistake. 
So every time you hear me say world news in this episode, please autocorrect to world politics. You'll see that's no longer world news. So if anybody wants to look that up, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what been really interesting is to look at the entire history of Reddit going back to 2005. I mean, it's been around now 16, 17 years. So there's been, you know, so much change over time. So, I mean, you mentioned world news, but, um, you know, I, I remember atheism, you know, the subreddit dedicated to atheism, you know, had an interesting trajectory when we looked at the numbers of people who contributed to that subreddit, uh, what they were saying, um, and, you know, in a lot of subreddits, we just saw kind of steady growth over time uh, that matched growth of the website generally. Um, but in atheism, you saw kind of, you know, steady growth and then, you know, it sort of tailed off. And, you know, well, what happened there? I mean, I don't think there are fewer atheists uh, than there were before that. So something happened within that community. Uh, that led it to, you know, kind of atrophy uh, in a way that the rest of the website didn't. And, you know, I, I still need to look into world news. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. But, um, you know, generally subreddits just kind of trundle along and accrue new commenters um, and, you know, remain relatively successful. Um, the advantage of having new people is that you have novel content. I mean, it gets boring if the same people are posting the same thing over and over again. People sort of crave novelty. So if you can get more people into the conversation, more people contributing to a subreddit, um, that's to the advantage of uh, a lot of subreddits because you just have more interesting novel content uh, for users to enjoy. I also want to look up just to make sure it's not world news, but it's one like that. So I guess I was wrong. Okay. Something news related. <laughs> it, it, it comes up it's obvious i just forgot what it was yeah but, but part of what you um talked about there with like say the um atheist subreddit does that sort of dive into the genie coefficient that i saw on your website yeah you know we use many different metrics to kind of judge for lack of a better word the health of different subreddits uh, over long periods of time um so you could just look at the number of subscribers and that would tell you something about how popular or healthy a subreddit is. But the problem there is that, um, you know, a subreddit can get popular, people subscribe to it, but then people stop posting novel content or commenting. Um, people don't often go to the trouble of unsubscribing to a subreddit. So the sub, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, number of subscribers can remain high while a subreddit kind of loses, you know, comments or, or kind of lifeblood. Um, so we tried to look at, you know, different things like number of comments, number of posts. Now, the Gini coefficient, that's something from economics, actually. But, you know, we were interested in the markers of what we might call a true community. Um, and when we look at sort of offline analogs of true community, things like uh, churches or sororities or, I don't know, clubs, a bowling league, what have you, um, most of the people are actually actively participating in some way. So, and they, they keep participating over a long period of time. Um, so that's something we wanted to try to identify in different subreddits is, you know, is it just a handful of people who are posting and commenting here and everyone else is just kind of sitting back and reading and doing and listening to the content? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that doesn't seem community-like. Or is there a subreddit where a larger proportion 
of the subscribers to this community are actively contributing to the discourse. Um, so the Gini coefficient basically looks at you know that that ratio. Are a lot of people in this group actively participating? And then we tried to track that over time, um, and we did find that you know there are some Reddits that are more community-like than others. That you do have a wide distribution of active participation, and that that lasts over time. Um, and you know that sounds to me like a group that can establish kind of these interpersonal bonds. Uh, that we associate with community. Um, you know, on the other hand, there are some subreddits where that really doesn't happen, but that's what we we're trying to get a hold of with the, the Gini coefficient. Got you. Okay. And that also dove into, so your research on your website had a section, who participates, who sticks around, which subreddits are the stickiest. And involved in that, I saw that earlier we were mentioning uh, like hive minds or people seem to think the same way in these subreddits, but I think your research found that it's just sort of like a river where like new people would come in and then they leave and a bunch of new people would come in and leave. So it's not these same people with the same mindsets. Maybe they do have similar mindsets, but it's like a revolving door. Yeah. River, revolving door, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use. But I think that's what I was surprised by when I started digging into the data is just this really high proportion in all sorts of subreddits, large subreddits, small subreddits, subreddits about different topics. I mean, the norm is, you know, for most of the people not to comment. And then even the people who comment, I mean, I think the most common thing was for people to comment once in, in a given month. Um, so, you know, you might come into a cooking subreddit and, you know, put a recipe in there or respond to someone else who posted a recipe. Um, but then you're not necessarily returning repeatedly uh, and having a conversation with these people. You know, there are people who, who do that, who are, you know, commenting very frequently, repeatedly to the same subreddit. Um, and, and so I think within a lot of subreddits, there is something that resembles a kind of community. People are heavily invested in it. Uh, and interacting, but the rest of us are just kind of observing this largely. And I don't know that we really have a kind of framework for understanding that setup where, you know, a ton of us are just observing the smaller group of people um, generate content and discourse, and uh, we get something out of it. You know, again, I think lurkers often have a bad name that, I mean, just the word lurkers sort of has a negative connotation to it. Uh, but it doesn't have to. I, I think people who are uh, observing what other people are saying or posting, um, that can still be an important positive thing in their own lives. Uh, so, you know, I don't mean to cast aspersions on people uh, who aren't actively contributing to discourse, but it's important to understand what we're looking at here. Um, and that, you know, I, I think your metaphor is apt to talk about it as a river with, you know, new people coming in, old people leaving. Um, yeah, the, a Reddit is rarely the same thing twice. If you step into the subreddit, it's rarely uh, what it was, you know, a few weeks ago, let alone a few years ago. Yeah, I've noticed some older ones have been around for a while. Like there were a few where I used to be a great fan, but you just slowly see the culture change in a new direction, or you see it go a new way where eventually I'll have to leave one or another one I'm just reluctant to stay around with. Yeah, it's fascinating to look at these moments of cultural change within subreddits. And 
We've found some evidence of that. You know, sometimes there's a rapid influx of new commenters uh, to a subreddit. You know, back when there were defaults, if a subreddit were added to a default, you know, suddenly their number of commenters would spike and they'd have like three times as many commenters. Um, and so, you know, that concerns a lot of longtime uh, existing commenters who think, you know, it's almost like gentrification would be in a city where, you know, you're worried about what these newcomers are going to do to the culture. They're going to talk about things differently. Uh, we do find evidence of that in certain uh, subreddits. Um, what's fascinating to me is when the culture doesn't change, even though the people have changed. So, you know, we find evidence that, you know, as I said, it's like a river where you just get almost total displacement of the community and the people who are contributing comments and content. And yet the posts and the commentary don't seem that different. And it's almost as if subreddits develop this kind of collective voice that newcomers mimic and they say, oh, okay, here's how people talk in this subreddit and here's what they say. And so maybe unconsciously, they kind of conform to that norm um, and, and people understand that as they enter the community. I mean, I think all cultures change over time. That's sort of inevitable. But to me, it's it's been striking the fact that you can swap out almost every member of a subreddit and yet its voice doesn't really change. That seems kind of remarkable to me. It reminds me of that uh, experiment. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but they have these monkeys in this room and there's a ladder with a banana like hanging up on the ceiling. Uh -huh. So a monkey will go up to get the banana. And if one grabs it, all the monkeys would get shocked. So every time a monkey would go and get the banana, the other monkeys would grab that monkey and throw it and start beating it up saying, hey, don't get the banana. So they slowly substitute one monkey out a new one comes in, he wants to grab the banana, he gets beat up. So he doesn't even get the shock. So then they substitute another monkey out, another one out. And by one point, it's nothing but new monkeys who don't even know they'll get electrocuted. But if one goes to grab that banana, they get beat up. Yeah, it's like the norm persists even after the monkeys or the people who learned the lesson, you know, firsthand. Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of Reddit to me is an interesting context in which to observe that kind of behavior, you know, social behavior. Um, you know, we're, we're still the same old people uh, with the same tendencies. And I guess your example would note that it even transcends species. So, you know, <laughs> animals tend to be social and they learn about things like norms. Um, and it's interesting to observe uh, that kind of behavior uh, on this platform. And, and again, I think people often ascribe problematic behaviors to the platform itself. But gosh, I mean, this you know kind of behavior predates being human. So to an extent, we're sort of stuck with the flawed machinery of our brains that you know wasn't suited for this information environment. And so you can get uh, phenomena that doesn't result in an optimal outcome. But um, at the same time, yeah, it, it, it's not always bad. Um, and I think your example, you know, would indicate that, you know, maybe there's a lesson that could benefit the group uh, that gets sort of passed on indirectly. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's worthwhile not just to look at the, the horrible examples, but also examples of which like, well, maybe something good got passed on from generation to generation here. One thing that I like about Reddit that I want to see it used is 
a common theme everybody says is we're a polarized country. People are too conservative or too Democrat, they'll say, and we're all separating and everybody hates the other side. They don't want to come together. The Senate will never switch on a folk. It's like that whole idea. That's why I like Reddit, because you have all these different communities, but I see two problems with it. One, it's a very younger audience, so I guess we'll all have the same similar mindset versus like an older audience who might watch television news or something else or newspaper or anything. So there's that separation. And then the subreddits, well, say you're a Democrat, you won't want to get in the Republican subreddit because you want to stay with your own ideas and vice versa. So I sort of see like this welcoming, oh, free your mind, be open and learn from the others, which is present, I'm sure. But I also see people sort of wanting to stick with what they're comfortable with. Yeah. And, and you know, polarization is on a lot of people's minds these days. Um, and there's more research that's sort of catching up to it. Um, there's a great book by Chris Bale uh, called Breaking the Social Media Prism uh, on this topic um, that looks at the way in which a lot of social media platforms tend to uh, privilege or amplify people at either end of the political or ideological spectrum. And they tend to, you know, uh, de-emphasize people in the middle, um, mm -hmm. make them invisible, essentially. You know, they still exist and they still vote in elections, uh, but they're not really visible uh, on these platforms due to various ways that algorithms work, uh, that sort of thing. Um, there's also... And also, there's a subreddit called... Um elite centrism i forget what it's called but there's yeah. a subreddit dedicated towards like bashing these people in the middle <laughs> <laughs> right there's a subreddit for everything yeah so you know it's hard for moderates to find a home online right now for a variety of reasons but um there's also a piece that uh, came out recently i think in science so or it's either science or nature one of the kind of the very high profile uh, scholarly journals that looked at polarization on reddit over time um, and I think the key takeaway was that uh, over time, you know, subreddits did become more polarized, but it was chiefly because they were drawing in new contributors who probably already believed, you know, very strongly in, in these highly polarized ideas. You know, in other words, they were observing existing users, their comments, you know, at one time point, at another time point, kind of tracking individual users' commentary. And they found that being on Reddit didn't seem to polarize the individual user, is that being on here, you know, I think a lot of the conventional wisdom is like, oh, you're in an echo chamber, you're around other young people, you know, who, who use this, and uh, that's very dangerous. But I think they didn't find much evidence of that, that the individuals weren't really getting more polarized the more time they spent on Reddit. Instead, these platforms seem to you know, appear more polarized because it, they're drawing in these people at either end of the political spectrum off the sidelines, they're getting on the platform, they're repeatedly posting and commenting and they're getting upvoted. So it's again, making this group of people really visible and kind of making this other group of people invisible. Does that sort of feed into the spiral of silence theory where, okay, maybe it doesn't influence you in that way, but sort of you see more people with your beliefs so you are more prone to stick to your beliefs could it do something like that yeah i i mean if you just leave it up to upvotes and downvotes uh it, it's you know easy for these kind of echo chambers to develop where 
Um, it's hard for people in a minority opinion, especially, you know, and again, we could be talking about subreddits relating to cats or, you know, anime or whatever it is. You know, this doesn't apply to every subreddit. I think we're talking about news and politics. And so these are highly charged topics that are often viewed as a kind of battlefield of ideas. And so you might observe kind of behavior there that you might not see in other subreddits. So if you just leave it to upvotes and downvotes, that's going to happen. But there are alternatives to that. Um, you know, there's uh, our change my view uh, is a subreddit that uses a kind of alternate way of ranking uh, comments, you know, they'll sort of start a discussion and uh, people will try to change the original posters uh, perspective uh, on something. Um, and there's the system of awarding deltas and, and basically it doesn't just leave it up to upvotes and downvotes. There's an alternative to that, um, that, you know, tries to encourage a more open-minded uh, discourse that doesn't, it's not just, you know, people trying to shout at each other. Uh, it's people trying to make rational, intelligent uh, arguments based on evidence. And, you know, in my experience, it, it seems largely successful at that. Um, the question is, why isn't that more widely used? You know, why is there a subreddit like that, and maybe a handful of others that use a similar alternate mechanism of ranking comments, um, but that just hasn't really caught on? You know, uh, we all hate polarization, but how much of an appetite do we have for these alternate ways of ranking comments and posts. Fair enough. There's a subreddit for everything. My least favorite subreddit in the world, you say like dogs and cats, there's a subreddit dedicated to people who don't like dogs. And <laughs> I hadn't heard of that one. Yeah, I heard about that one like a month ago and they, they really don't like dogs. <laughs> so they're not like pro-cat, they're just anti-dog? Maybe anti-cat too, but... I think yeah, okay. it's just anti-dog. I think it's like pure just they'll post uh, something online like, oh, yesterday I saw my neighbor call a dog doggo and I wanted to puke. I just couldn't stand that. <laughs> and everybody's commenting saying, oh, disgusting. I hate that. Oh, upvotes. <laughs> yeah, that is shocking given how popular dogs and cats uh, are online broadly. Um, you know, that is a testament to the fact that even dog haters can find their niche uh, online. Whether they should is another question, but uh, yeah, I hadn't heard of that one. <laughs> Yeah, I lost that one. I forgot it. I don't want to remember it. Exactly. Let's just stay lost. <laughs> now, people ask you on the Reddit, ask me everything. And it seems like you didn't. But did you dive into, like, say, the dark web or, like, the darker side of Reddit at all? I didn't make it a point of doing that uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, I think the main reason was, you know, when I set off to write the book and, and establish this um, research group, we wanted to look at Reddit as a whole and really the larger picture of the social dynamics of the entire place. Um, and, you know, a lot of that means looking at very average or mundane subreddits. Um, so <laughs> the average mundane subreddit isn't particular dark, particularly dark or disturbing. Um, but of course, there are dark, disturbing subreddits and, uh, you know, the, those corners of them. And, you know, I don't know about you or other users, but I have on occasion kind of wandered into them. Um, you know, I think it can be easy to kind of get locked in to the subreddits you subscribe to. I mean, once that's established, you know, I have my repertoire 
of subreddits that I find gratifying or enlightening or interesting. And then I tend not to wander out of them. But every now and then, I like to kind of get off the beaten path and follow some little rabbit hole um, by clicking on different users or going back to R or all or popular or just, you know, kind of trying to find some other path. But of course, <laughs> that can bring you to some pretty uh, strange places. Um, you know, I think something that the administrators have dealt with since uh, the early days is, you know, how far is too far. And uh, when we talk about particularly dark, disturbing uh, topics or, or comments, um, you know, they may get banned. I mean, there was an initial phase that Reddit went through where they weren't really banning any, anything, but, um, you know, once uh, particularly problematic subreddits became covered by the mainstream news, uh, the administrators started paying more attention in, in banning these communities. So, you know, there's a home, sadly, on the internet for almost any kind of behavior or belief, no matter how abhorrent. Uh, but I think the most dark, disturbing things have been pushed elsewhere. Um, I mean, you mentioned the dark web, that's just a totally different operation. Um, you know, so there are certainly dark corners of the internet, uh, but, you know, people inclined toward that, I think have discovered or created other venues uh, for expressing that, that kind of material. Fair enough. A fun fact for people don't know too, it's uh, to get into the dark web, like to get to, where you see the drugs or like the buying, selling all like everything, weapons, all that jazz, you um go through like Tor, like that's the basic first step. But then if you go to Reddit, there's actually a subreddit that you can only access through Tor, I believe. There's a Reddit post that gives you the links to everything. So like Reddit is the gateway to like whatever you can think of. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the internet is a Pandora's box. I mean, I think, you know, uh, it's funny to go back and read kind of the high-minded um, utopian uh, ideas uh, from the 1980s and 90s about what the internet and what, you know, kind of open conversations would yield. Uh, you know, freedom to express yourself sounds like a, a great, great thing, but my gosh, there's some uh, pretty dark stuff out there. And, um, you know, I don't research the dark web, but I've had a chance to interact with some other researchers, um, some of whom either work with the FBI or, or in the FBI. Um, and I've learned a little bit about how many of them have infiltrated the dark web. And I mean, again, that's the other side of anonymity is who knows who any of those people are and probably some decent proportion of them are uh, researchers with the FBI who are setting up honeypots to catch people. So um, it, it's fascinating to kind of think about those deep dark corners of uh, the internet though. Uh, another reason why I don't research it is for my own mental and emotional yeah. health. I mean, I would rather uh, be looking at something a little uh, less disturbing uh, during my days. Yeah, my um, actually, my most popular episode today is on Silk Road, which was basically, have you heard of it? I have. Yeah, yeah. it was on that very topic. And that's a whole story. And she was mentioning there's a lot more stuff to it. And Darknet Diaries did a great episode. Well, we're drawn to, to the, the dark side of humanity. So it's definitely yeah. 
fascinating but um you know again i think i don't want people to fall into the trap that that represents any large portion of not just discourse on reddit but discourse on the internet broadly i mean it's it's a pretty niche type of behavior uh but one that i agree is endlessly fascinating all right to bring it back now (laughs) yeah so with your research was there anything that stood out or was the most surprising to you well, um, you know, I, I hate to come back to it but, but, and, and sort of restate what I've already stated. But, you know, again, I, I was surprised at this proportion of people who go to Reddit and, and sort of the time they spend consuming content versus the people who participate and, and who comment on it and, and who post on it. And sort also, of- sorry to cut you off. A question there is, do you know, like a percentage, like what percentage of people just few versus that actually contribute? Well, it depends on the subreddit. So there's this often quoted statistic of like 90-10-1. I forget the name of it, but it's some sort of, you know, social law that is like, well, you know, 1% of people in a given online community create the content that, you know, 90% of us are consuming and then 10% are <laughs> chiming in occasionally. Well, I didn't find that to hold on Reddit because there are different subreddits where that number changes. So there are certain kind of spectacle subreddits where it's just about like posting a picture of a sunset and everyone just kind of looks at it and doesn't really contribute. But that the proportion of people who are going to contribute to the discourse is going to be different when the topic, you know, is there's a lot of discussion. So, um, you know, our depression is one example, but our happy or casual conversation, like there's going to be more people actually contributing just because it's a different topic. So I think it depends on the topic. Um, but often it depends on the size of the subreddit. So these smaller subreddits, do, you do have something, again, more akin to community where a, a larger proportion of people are actually contributing to the comments and posting. Um, one thing I've just been totally fascinated by is fascinated by is growth. So, you know, can a subreddit grow to such a size where inevitably it becomes, you know, more like an audience that's consuming content and it's not participatory? And as subreddits grow, it's hard for them not to fall in that trap of becoming something that is less participatory. Um, so that's something I'd like to continue to research in the future is, you know, how do you get a community to grow uh, without it becoming kind of a passive experience for most of the users, uh, managing conflict, you know, growth is a challenging thing for cities and it's a challenging thing for subreddits. So that's where I feel like I want to do most of my research going forward is like how as a moderator and administrator, how do you manage growth? Fair enough. And we're just about coming up towards that hour mark. I have uh, two more questions. So one, what's your favorite subreddit when you use Reddit itself? <laughs> Boy, it is hard to just pick one. Um, I'm going to give you my favorite subreddit right now, uh, which is RNFL. Um, oh. I don't know. I, I love watching football and I love watching sports generally. And I found that subreddits are this kind of like water cooler. You know, it's like I'll be watching the game. And while I'm watching the game, yep. and certainly afterwards, I go on RNFL or RNBA. And number one, they got highlights. Uh, and number two, you know, I get comments that are hilarious or insightful or whatever it is. 
And again, the genius of Reddit is they're all sorted so that I don't have to hunt around for you know, the, the wittiest, most insightful comment. Um, that sorting is crowdsourced. So you know, usually the top couple of comments will make me laugh. Uh, and they've been watching the same game I've been watching. So it really adds to the experience of watching sports for me. Um, and I think that's true of a lot of sports fans. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of NFL, my Raiders just lost about two days ago. I can't, oh, sorry. I can't even believe they made the playoffs, let alone. I'm happy about that. <laughs> well, that game that they played against the Chargers, I mean, here's the thing is I watched that game by myself, but I needed to go on Reddit. And again, some people go on Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, but that's part of the experience, right? It's like to go to other people and you might be texting with a friend, whatever it is, say, can you believe this? Do you think they're actually going to tie? This is crazy. Yeah. So you know, something like sports is social. It's a social experience. And uh, I think it's natural for people, especially when we're locked in our houses during COVID, uh, to want to discuss it with other people. And for me, Reddit was a really valuable channel for that. Yeah, my um, my most active one is a college basketball. So yeah. I'll go on r slash college basketball. There's a ton of games. Whenever I see my team playing or some crazy game, there's a live chat. Yeah. So you'll see like some play happens. Let, let me look. Let me see. Was that really a bad call? And then you'll see like both <laughs> say, I'm rooting for this team. But even that was horrible. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and like maybe the people physically around me aren't that into college basketball, but I can find my people, you know, who are like, oh, that was a horrible call. Yes. And then there's always the post game score. And then if I miss the game, I can see the comments and somebody will say, man, I can't believe we came back. And I'm like, oh, now I know uh, Seton Hall's a good team. They actually played well or. Right. Illinois, oh, they were dominating the whole game. It sort of gives you that quick summary versus the whole TV experience where they give a rundown and it's just right. more straight to the point. Exactly. Straight to the point, not a bunch of uh, 30 second advertisements. I can get straight to the stuff I want. Well, last question. It seems kind of like odd, so I want to confirm it. Were you covered by the North Korean Times? <laughs> <laughs> I do have that on my website. And indeed, some of my research, yes, broke through uh, the curtain uh, and uh, was covered by some news outlet uh, in North Korea. Um, that was research that had nothing to do with Reddit. It was about social media use and narcissism, uh, which is like catnip for uh, uh, journalists. So um yeah, sure enough, uh, you know, it was an article that I published with a, a couple of other colleagues at the University of Michigan, and uh, a lot of different news outlets <laughs> covered that. But it was one of those research uh, findings that confirmed what a lot of people wanted to believe, which is that there are a bunch of narcissists on social media. And, you know, meanwhile, the research wasn't that simple. But it makes for okay. a good headline, uh, even to North Koreans, I suppose, who are <laughs> more than happy to uh, have social media be uh, painted as a bad thing. So I got kind of a, a kick out of that. Um, I don't think I'll be visiting anytime soon, but it was kind of cool. Yeah, I saw that. And I was thinking maybe it's just like New York Times, but it's just focused on North Korea or something. But I <laughs> go on their website and four out of five articles are like, oh, North Korean missile successful or like some all that. And I'm like, okay. This is actual North it's Korea. It's real deal. Yeah, it was uh, a pretty weird. Yeah. Interesting thing for the resume. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, Dr. Elliot Panic, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. It was great to talk with you. 
And the final, final question, is there anything you want to tell the audience? I can't think of anything right now. I, you ask great questions and <laughs> you know, I think I, I got across all I need to, to get across. But uh, yeah, this is uh, a lot of fun. I appreciate that. And that was Dr. Elliot Panic. To see more information about him, be sure to click the links in the description. If you're tuning in through the radio, I highly recommend you check out the podcast. There's more content, there's videos, there's trailers, there's everything. Follow the show, follow the podcast. That's podcasttheway.com. Give a five-star rating, like, share, review the show. Every little bit helps. Sorry to ask, but it does make a difference. And every person that does that, I really appreciate it. Every person that does that, you're special. How about that? So this is FM 91.7, WHUS source at the top of the hour. And 90.3 WRIU South Kingston at the top of the hour. And as always, deuces. This has been The Way Podcast. If you want to know more about The Way Podcast, go to podcasttheway.com. 